Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. Industry organizations are so crucial for the growth and development of the industry and for the members of the organization. The International Air Cargo Association, or popularly called TIACA, is one such unique industry organization representing and uniting every stakeholder in the air cargo logistic value chain that include shippers, freight forwarders, ground handlers, airports, airlines, manufacturers, and solution providers. Officially launched in early 1990s, Piaka's beginning goes back to 1960, when a committee of the Society of Automobile Engineers in the US launched the first air cargo forum to explore the needs of the emerging air cargo industry. Decades later, and in the midst of a global pandemic, as the aviation industry, among many others, go through one of the worst ever crises in the history, Piaka is changing itself more than cosmetically. It aims to truly represent the global air cargo industry in all aspects. Foundation for change has been set, keeping in mind the current trends that we see in society, global trade, and commerce. Vision has been crystallized, and the organization has a full-time leader to make things happen for Tiaka. I'm so happy to welcome my guest today, Glenn Hughes, Director General of Tiaka, who begins the new job today. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Reggie. I appreciate that. Glenn, today you take up the responsibility of uh, Director General at the International Air Cargo Association, or TIACA. New role uh, created to establish and implement TIACA's uh, vision and strategic objectives. What are some of your top, top and immediate priorities and how do you intend to achieve them? Um, I mean, that's a great question, and, and it really gives me great uh, pleasure and, and it's a privilege to talk to you, as you say, on my very first day on, on the job. I think as an immediate priority, I, I feel I have to introduce myself to all of the, the members of the association. To Certainly, I, I know quite a fair number of them from, from previous interactions, and I know quite a lot of the board members, but I really need to understand from the, the board um, exactly what they have in terms of their expectations from, from the role and from the association going forward. Um, Tiaka has a very engaged board, it has a very engaged um, chair and vice chair and an extremely um, interactive uh, association. So I'm very much looking forward to understanding the direction that the association's going and then seeing how I can add my weight to um, its programs such as the sustainability, uh, the work it's been doing recently in conjunction with Pharma.Aero with regards to vaccine movements, and of course, digitalization, and, and many of the other challenges that the industry is currently facing. Glenn, what made you to choose this role? Well, I mean, it's, 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 that's also a very good question. Um, first of all, I'm going to link it with my time at IATA. Um, I felt it was time to leave IATA after you know, nearly three decades. Um, and, and what I was very pleased about um, is when I when I was available, I submitted my application and was very you know happy to be considered by the board and the selection committee. And I think the uniqueness of Tiaka in terms of bringing all of the supply chain party parties together, the partners around one table, I think is very unique. Uh, I think the role that IATA plays is tremendous. The role that Fiata plays is tremendous. And Tiaka has its uniqueness in the sense that in these very collaborative times, and as we've all found out from the last twelve months. 
the industry needs to collaborate far more. And therefore, an association that actually represents and has members from across the spectrum, all parties of the supply chain, makes it uniquely positioned. And I feel very privileged that I was you know, appointed in this particular capacity. You have such uh, extensive experience in the air cargo industry, and particularly in an industry organization like IATA. Of course, you work with only the airline partners. So how do you intend to represent the Tiaka and, and all of its stakeholders in the air cargo logistic value chain? Right. Well, I mean, I'm glad you didn't mention my my years in the industry because, uh, you know, people will look at him and think, oh, I must have started at uh, age three. But, you know, it's 37 years now um, in, in aviation, 36 of which have been in air cargo. Um, and I think one of the one of the uniquenesses I've just mentioned is the fact that Tiaka has members from across the, the spectrum. But one of the challenges is that we have to recognize that each of those res respective parties has different challenges. They have different business models, they have different objectives, and they have a different role to play in the supply chain. So I think one of the critical success components for me for Tiaka and other, as it were, multidisciplinary uh, associations is the ability to balance the needs of the individual specific sectors that are represented and the needs of the combined industry. And as we know, for example, the value of air cargo or, or you know, various programs before, whatever, we, whatever you term it, but how you present the overall value that air cargo brings to people, to society, is something where you have to represent the entire supply chain. The last 12 months, you know, we've been, you know, as an industry playing a tremendous role in, in helping keep people alive and now with the vaccine movement, helping them stay alive as it were. But within that, we also have to identify that the, and, and recognize that the freight forwarders, the truckers, the technology companies, the industry providers, the ground handlers, the airports, the airlines, um, the government officials um, and the manufacturers, i.e. the shippers, everybody has a different perspective on, on what their particular issues are. So what we have to do, as I say, is we really have to understand the membership individually and the membership collectively. And, and I'm really looking forward to, to that in, in particular. Lynn, I just want to go back to what you said. I, I know that you spent about 37 years in the air cargo industry. And uh, a lot of us uh, and a lot of the people who would eventually, who are listening to this, uh, this interview or uh, seeing this interview wouldn't know at what age you actually started your uh, career in the air cargo industry. And if you could... Uh, uh, give that anecdotal, um, uh, ex uh, what is called information, it would be really nice. Um, well, I mean, I, I was born in Crawley, um, which is right at the end, basically, of, of Gatwick Airport, edge of Gatwick Airport. 99% of people that, that live in Crawley work at the airport. I left school very young. Um, I was 17. Um, and then really just, just had my first job at an airline and just loved it. You know, my very first job in the air cargo industry was working for British Caledonian, um, basically opening envelopes and looking at the airway bills. Um, and it doesn't take long before the, the, the air cargo bug, you know, bit. And uh, as I say, the rest is history. Okay, let me bring you back to 21st century. And uh, as we see, global trade today increasingly happens on complex, uh, sophisticated, but uh, sometimes very easy to use the digital platforms. Uh, and as someone who played an uh, advocacy role in the, in the industry organization for a large part of your uh, career at IATA, and someone who actually championed and advocated rapid the digitalization of the air cargo uh, process, uh, how would you in your current role amplify that message and get PRCA members to rapidly adopt uh, 
digital innovations? Again, a very good question, very pertinent, particularly as um, you know, we're, we're conducting this interview digitally using one of the new tools that we've all become very used to over the last 12, 12 months. And I think the pace of, of digitalization and the pace of, of embracing technology has accelerated during these 12 months because people haven't had a choice. You know, as we've not been able to go to events, we've been able to connect and virtually pick up the information from listening to speakers, etc. So I think that that has really helped the industry um, avoid that question that, that really slowed us down for years. What's in it for me? Why should I? You know, I'm quite happy with the way things are. Well, when you no longer have the way things are, you have to find something new. And I think this is one of the, as it were, the, the feelings and the momentum trends that have happened over the last 12 months that we need to continue with as we move forward. But again, coming back to your, your specific question about the Tiaka members, I think one of the lessons that we've also learned is this industry doesn't do things because it's told to do things. You know, it's it's a big boy industry. It's it's filled with, with innovators. It's filled with very dedicated professionals and they will make a business decision to do things. So I think what we have to do, and this is true of all associations, is we really have to put the information out there, which, which helps educate and, and helps bring people to that conclusion by providing them the information that they need how will my industry become more efficient or how will my business become more efficient if I use this tool? You know, it's evident when it comes to things like you, you, you can't go and meet a business client anymore. So you use Zoom or you use Skype um, or you use Teams and now you're at least doing a face-to-face -face interaction so people could see the benefit. So what we need to do is then translate all these various technological um, new innovations that are coming through and, and again, try and perhaps play some form of, of showcase or some form of uh, innovative connecting point where the Tiaka members can identify their own needs and then perhaps through the association can maybe have those connections to those people can provide the solutions for them or at least bring that information to a, to a, a broader discussion point. And obviously we'll use the various events when they, they resume and we hope that one will resume later this year um, when those events and we start getting back in person and we can start doing various sessions to bring that information, you know, to point where people can touch it as well. You know, Glenn, we have been at uh, different events and we have been discussing on the on the pace of digitalization or the, the concept of uh, innovation in the air cargo industry. And we always uh, uh, felt ourselves ashamed as to when we look at the, our peer industries, they are much ahead. Even when we look at the at the sea freight or the ocean, um, ocean freight, uh, we see them, they are far ahead the, in, in terms of innovation, in terms of digitalization. Uh, but do are you of the opinion that the pandemic has actually accelerated the digitalization process and for the air cargo industry stakeholders, they realize that it is now or never? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just challenge one of the things on your question because, you know, we often say that, that the industry is the slowest industry and others are further advanced. And then you talk to those industries and they say, we're so jealous of the air cargo industry. You guys have got your act together and you're so far advanced of us. So I would say collectively, the logistics industry, um, we're all at that same point. We, we all have embraced, we're all moving forward, but we're not a fully digitalized industry. And the interoperability of the cargo, the multimodal aspects of this industry means that air, ocean, road and rail um, all need to move forward because the shippers and the freight forwarders you know, they're, they're dealing with all modes. So it's it's very inefficient for them if, if one particular mode is, is super digitalized and another particular mode isn't. 
So there's a lot of cross-industry collaboration going on as, as, as well here. Um, but I think that coming back to the, the pace, I'm certainly of the view that the pace of digitalization, um, it, the momentum that we saw last year will continue, absolutely continue going forward. Um, and, and again, I mentioned this event, which we're gonna be holding uh, in conjunction with Messi Munchen uh, in September in San Francisco. And we're actually gonna do something quite unique there, which is we're gonna to put together, uh, as it were, an innovation stream where we will try and take the, the audience through and meet some of the key innovators in Silicon Valley, for example, because we can also learn a lot from other industries about how they go from problem identification to very innovative technological-based solution. Let me get into some of the specific questions on the Tiaka uh, uh, in the recent past and for quite some time, uh, there has been a perception problem of on what Tiaka stands for and to some extent uh, allegations of mismanagement house. And uh, we have seen the reason why there is a revitalization or re, um, what is called setting new vision for Tiaka is all part of changing that perception. Now that you come into a new role, which has been created by Tiaka as director general, how do you look at some of these perception problems and get your stakeholders on board to change uh, the, the perception that people have about Tiaka? And how do you really make this as a premier air cargo industry association? Well, I mean, the first thing I have to say is I never held those perceptions. You know, I've always been a an admirer of, of Tiaka. Um, you know, it was one of the, the first industry events that, uh, that I attended um, when I was sort of mature enough to be let out of the office, as it were. And I think, um, you know, and, and I've always been an admirer of the fact that the association was able to bring together all of those disparate groups within the supply chain and get them around the table and talk about common issues. You know, so from, from that particular perspective, I was always a fan and therefore, you know, I was always very keen to actually join the association at some point in my career. But it has to be said over the last 12, 12 to 18 months under, you know, Stephen Pullman's and Sanjeev Gadia, um, and a, as I say, a very highly engaged board, a very interactive membership that has provided a lot of feedback and a great small team, but a great team that's in Miami in, in Kenneth and Rachel. Um, and, and they brought in some uh, outside help and, and uh, Change Horizon with Celine. You know, collectively they worked and the board put together a vision of how they saw the future of the association. And, you know, I, I think they did a tr absolutely tremendous job. You know, if you, if you look at the, at, the, at the vision that they've established, if you look at the programs that they want the association to focus on, they want to engage the entire membership. They really want to become focused as a member-based organization, um, highly in touch with its members, highly communicative and collaborative across the industry. So working with other associations as it's already done successfully with Pharma.Aero, as we mentioned before. So I have to be honest, I never listened to anything about the past. Um, my, my view is always, you know, it's, it's tomorrow. Today and tomorrow is the most important next week, next month, next year, next decade. Um, we need to be inspired by history and learn from our lessons from history, but we need to be eyes wide open looking forward. And, and as I say, I'm very pleased to be joining the organization, which is absolutely looking forward. Okay, another important uh, and critical to Tiakar or any other industry organization, how do you make it uh, financially uh, healthy? And one of it is the, is the membership fees and your, your premier industry events like Tiakar, ACF and uh, 
and the executive summit. And now that you have something new, probably that could be the first air cargo industry event that would probably would take place uh, in the world in California sometime, uh, Silicon Valley in, uh, in September. How would you look at uh, uh, revenue generation, making Tiaka really financially healthy uh, in, your, in your current role? Well, I mean, again, and this is one of the um, one of the expectations and one of the objectives that the board have set is that any organization needs to be financially sound um, with a solid financial base. We learned from from the last 12 months that the airlines that were, as it were, unifocused on their particular revenue sources struggled. Airports that were unifocused struggled. And one key word that came out of, of most industries, which is revenue diversification. And I think this is one of the, the key aspects going forward is that Tiaka has a, a one of the, you know, the world's leading um, uh, events, which is Air Cargo Forum. Um, now it's got a permanent home in Miami and we're looking forward to the first edition being held in 2022. Um, it also has its Cargo Executive Summit, which it will hold in the alternate year as well, which as you know, as I've just said, will be held in San Francisco in September, 21-24. We, um, Apologies for the plug there, um, but we hope, as you say, Reggie, it's the it's the first opportunity for the industry to to reconnect. We're doing that in partnership with Missy Munchen. So events will be one aspect, but the association is is so much more. It has a training partnership, for example, with SASI, um, and uh, we have a course that it's been co-developed with uh, with ICAO, SASI, and Tiaka, um, which is about uh, the safe supply chain. Um, very relevant right now, and particularly with regards to vaccine movement. But, you know, safety is one of the critical aspects that this industry has to always tackle. So I think you'll find that we will look at various other programs. You know, there are strategic partnership programs, for example, that Tiaka has that we need to look at developing. Of course, membership growth is, is always a good measure, not just from a revenue perspective, but it's actually an indication, one of the strongest measures about how the association is performing. You know, if the association is performing as uh, as the board and as the chair and vice chair would, and as we as the secretariat would like, then people will be compelled and motivated to join, as it were, an organization that's, that's again, moving forward and looking ahead. So I think going forward, we will look at how we can actually diversify. Um, Diaka also has a tremendous alumni. Um, you know, it, it's also looking at um, cargo service quality, for example. Um, it's looked at potentially using some of the alumni for consultancy aspects. So this is one of the areas where I, I hope over perhaps my first 100 days um, to use a, a President Biden you know, reference here um, is to actually look at and how we can actually position the association going forward. I think there's a lot of very exciting things um, that are happening. The sustainability is, a, is another you know, great area. It's really playing a, a leading role there. And again, thanks to a great partnership with uh, with Champ Cargo Systems and others, you know, it's it's really putting its it's it's continued to put its stamp in that very important area of the industry. An important question on the topic of Tiaka: How would you like to spend your time between Geneva and Miami? <laughs> um, well, I can tell you, the last week we've had here in in Geneva, we've had about three or four inches of rain, um, which washed away the six or seven or eight inches of snow to have slush. We have strong winds. We have freezing sleet that comes down and then the next day sunshine. Thankfully it's sunshine now, but this morning it was you know, wet and windy. Um, and then you look at the Miami weather and think, yeah, January, February wouldn't be a bad time to perhaps uh, visit the team there. Um, again, through technology, we, 
you know, we will connect very regularly through the technology platforms. Um, one of the advantages, and, and again, we've said this is a membership-based organization, with, with me continuing to remain here in, in Europe, it means that I can actually connect with our members uh, a little bit more easily, as it were, to the, uh, uh, to the east of me, um, so that we can actually overlap with Miami team and, and uh, me here in Geneva, for example, so we can make sure that we are always accessible to the membership. And I think that's something that we will leverage tremendously. And I, and I hope to be able to every, every couple of months, maybe go and spend a, a few days with the team so we can you know, work and develop on, on some new initiatives, et cetera. On to the job that you left over the weekend uh, after as, uh, as the global head of cargo at IATA, a role that you picked up in 20, 2014. Uh, how do you look back uh, or look at your career in IATA and particularly as the global head of cargo? Um, well, I mean, this is a, it was a very sad day, you know, to have that last call with the team last week was, was quite tough. And it's actually even tough talking about it now. Um, they're just such a fantastic team. And, you know, my, my nearly 30 years with IATA, it's just been, you know, an absolute privilege. I spent, spent that time split over three offices. There was six years in, in the UK, six years in Montreal, and then the last, whatever it was, um, you know, I get my numbers wrong, but 17, 18 years, whatever, um, here in, in Geneva. Um, the last six have just been an absolute joy. The, the experts that, um, that, that remained at IATA were just leading world, world class in terms of the standards, the work programs. The way they responded to the pandemic last year was exceptional in terms of helping with new guidance, bringing people together, working with international associations, working with government agencies, you know, using their standard setting and their networks to actually really address the issues of passenger aircraft being used for cargo only operations, border blockages, new standards. I mean, it was really, they are really a tremendous team. So it's been a privilege um, for me to actually support them over these last few years. And, and in the same way, I'm looking forward to supporting the great Tiaka team now, a little bit smaller, um, but equally professional and equally of high quality. And I've had the pleasure of knowing them for a number of years as well. Okay, I must ask you again, one, one more question on the on IATA and um, how do you respond to people, which uh, that people include also me, that IATA let you go at a time that the air cargo industry needed you most, right in the midst of a global pandemic, when air cargo literally was the backbone for the, for the global supply chain. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I have to be honest. When I when I read that, I feel that it's a little bit unkind to the to the IATA experts, the true experts. You know, they are the ones that made my job extremely easy. You know, with that level of expertise that were really performing the job on a day to day basis, it was just me. As long as I could listen to them and articulate what they were actually educating me on, I was able to as it were, be the, the spokesperson. And it was, a, it was an honor to be the spokesperson. Um, but in terms of value creation, you know, that's really with the experts that are, that are there. So, you know, I, I don't think there was any issue of, of IATA, you know, being foolish to let me go. I volunteered, you know, I mean, this was a, a, a voluntary redundancy package or program that, that was entered into. And I, I put my hand up. I felt after 30 years, I looked at the cargo team. They are all world-class experts in, in IATA and, and, you know, they, they will flourish to even greater heights. I have no question. And whoever succeeds me and, and comes in as, the, as the, the next global head of cargo, 
Um, they inherit a, a fantastic uh, group of people in, in a wonderful organization. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed my time there and I, and I leave with some sadness internally because it's all about the relationships that are established. Um, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the next challenge. Lynn, have you left any recommendation for, uh, for the next person to head the, or fill your role at IATA? Uh, actually, it would have been inappropriate for me to leave any recommendations because, um, you know, the only thing I would have probably said is, please, please, please don't let them be funny. Because if they get, you know, a really, really funny person, people will then say, we've had to listen to all those terrible jokes of Glynn's for so many years, etc. But I think the key recommendation I would say to whoever it is, is don't look at how the job was done before, make it their own. And, you know, and I think that's, that's the key is that these are different times, you know, you know, I was very, very fortunate to, you know, to follow Des, um, Des led the organization, he evolved it into being a listening based organization, I had the privilege of kind of taking that that baton next and whoever then takes it on needs to create their own their own mark with with the team there. Lynn, I, I must say that we will certainly miss those one-liners at uh, World Cargo Symposium, for sure. Uh, on to my last question. Um, uh, Glenn, are you, uh, how do you look at the air cargo sector, um, which, did, uh, which did and continue to do a phenomenal job in the, in the pandemic as the pandemic is still not come to an end? Um, do you think that it has got its due credit and position in the, in the overall aviation business uh, not that uh, a lot of the air cargo industry stakeholders or holders are actually looking for that credit and the position, but has there been a has there been a change in the in the last eight months, uh, uh, particularly from the top leadership of the of the airlines and top leadership of the aviation sector to the way that they look at uh, the cargo as a division? Um, I mean, a very good question, and I think you know part of the answer is I'm going to repeat what you just said in the question. The wonderful thing about this industry is it never looked for credit. It actually, as a from from a man to a woman, from from boy to girl, from top to bottom, this entire industry was about let's get the job done. Whether or not it's in times of of uh, a pandemic or in times of crisis, whether or not it's humanitarian, civil unrest, economic struggle struggles, or economic growth, the industry just said if there's a job to do, let's get it done. Um, so it never looked for that credit, and I think it's very humble. Um, as an industry and, and, and very, as it were, um, altruistic in the fact that it just really collectively tackled what needed to be done. But you are quite right, in the last 12 months, the, the broader globe, whether or not that's airline CEOs who saw passenger revenues dry up, um, news media who, who saw, you know, you, you couldn't turn on CNN or BBC or read the Wall Street Journal without reading something about the air cargo industry bringing in millions of, of tons of PPE and, and then pharmaceuticals and now vaccines, et cetera, and e-commerce and, and foodstuffs with, with countries on lockdown. So it was really about saving the planet and supporting the planet through the most troubling times that we've faced in the last 70 years. Um, so I think that, yes, that spirit is, is going to be there. From an industry revenue perspective, air cargo probably would generate about 30% or 35% of industry revenues for 2020, which is almost three times as much as in a normal year. I mean, it's a tremendous um, aspect and helped the industry um, get through the very difficult time. Um, but let's not, not, not underestimate the fact that air cargo needs a very solid passenger network to be resumed. 
it's critical for the 50% of cargo that moves in the bellies to have that connectivity. It's important for national economies for the passenger network to serve as many stations as they do to help cargo flow across the globe, not just rely on where there is sufficient volumes to justify a freighter service. So I think air cargo has done tremendously well. It will continue to do the job this year with vaccines and help the economies restart. And it will be ever, ever more prepared for the next crisis that will happen. And, and we know that the next crisis will happen sooner or later, but the air cargo industry and the great men and women and, and all the people that are in this, including the media who've done a tremendous job as well, um, you know, they'll be ready to, to, to serve and do what needs to get done. Thanks, Glenn. It was a fabulous and uh, fascinating uh, conversation and it was really nice talking to you. And uh, we'd like to wish you the very best as you uh, begin your new journey at Tiaka. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Reggie. It's always a pleasure talking to you. So that was uh, Glenn Hughes, our Director General of the International Air Cargo Association or Tiaka. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.